following is a paid program on 630 WLAP. This is the Tom Dupree Show on News Radio 630 WLAP and WLAP.com. Welcome to the camp. I guess you all know why we're here. My name is Tommy, and I became aware this year. If you want to follow me, you've got to play pinball. And put in your earplugs, put on your eye shades, you know where to put the cork. Tom Dupree Show. I think it's the Tom Dupree Show. We on? Yeah. I have a friend in town. He's heard your name. A little bit of Steely Dan to get us going on this wet morning. And uh, it's been an interesting uh, week in the markets. We will have comments. uh, And uh, we will have observations concerning some of these activities but let's put first things first i'm going to read a a little passage from the 14th chapter of the book of john entitled the way the truth and the life let not your heart be troubled you believe in god believe also in me in my father's house are many mansions if it were not so i would have told you I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also, and where I go, you know, and the way you know. Thomas, that would be me, said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So, I wanted to uh, get into a little piece of uh, 
politics before because I've had some people have told me this week that they miss the political aspect of the show. I don't miss it, but they said they did. So I figured, well, we will uh, cover a little bit of it. And it's going to pertain to the Schumer-McConnell budget deal, the deal that Rand Paul stayed up and tried to filibuster. And people made all sorts of negative comments about him. But CNN, not known to be a, a Republican outlet, said that he was right. So I watched him. He stood up there talking about um, how he believed that the Republicans were the party of restraint uh, when they didn't. It didn't matter. I I likened it to Andy Barr one time. I said, you know, you vote against these spending bills. It's kind of like Sammy Sosa coming in and hitting a two-run homer when the Cubs are down nine to one in the uh, ninth inning. You know, it, it it helps it helps his stats, but it's meaningless. You're going to turn on there. Yeah, sorry. It it doesn't mean he's going to win the game. That's right. So you get to say you voted. So now, when they're in a spot where they could actually make some difference, they're spending just like the Democrats, and that's what Rand Paul was saying the other night. And he got lacerated for that. People were saying, where's his neighbor now, you know, when we need him? And, and that, do you believe that kind of thing? That's horrible. I mean, the guy had five broken ribs and was in horrible pain. Yeah, and he's up there bravely fighting the status quo, mm -hmm. bravely. I don't care if you don't like his politics or whatever. He's a human being. And to say things like that, to me, was below, yeah. below the belt. So anyway, there's an article in the Washington Post today saying, is the GOP still the party of deficit reduction and fiscal restraint? Well, the answer is obviously no. If so, what is to be made of the Schumer-McConnell budget deal? What does the deal say about the Republican Party's fiscal posture in the age of Trump? And where do we go from here? Here's a lesson I have learned from the swamp. This is a guy named Ed Rogers writing for the Washington Post. When it comes to budget battles in Washington, whoever wants to spend the most wins. So after watching the debt soar under President Obama, could Republicans just be shrugging off concerns about debt and deficits? Is the GOP at peace with the notion that Republican debt will somehow be less corrosive than Democrat debt? Oh, that sounds good. <laughs> good point. Or maybe the leadership within the Republican Big Tent has decided that the deterioration of the U.S. military requires making a compromise with the spendthrift devil. Perhaps some Republicans are genuinely sincere when they claim they are being realists and accepting things they cannot change. Making a serious dent in the deficit and beginning to reverse our debt burden can only occur if some sort of entitlement reform is on the table. You know what entitlements are? Uh, Social Security, Medicare. Mm -hmm. But isn't it a dodge to say we aren't going to advance any meaningful re deficit reduction by going after the discretionary budget? 
So why not just agree to more spending? Gee, that's convenient. After all, the discretionary budget, including the Pentagon, was only 31% of overall spending in 2016. The real money's in entitlements. Yes, we know. With that said, President Trump is affirmatively going after entitlements, against going after entitlements, and Republicans seem willing to be stifled in their efforts. Trying to do any entitlement reform without the president's support and that of many Democrats would be nothing short of a gratuitous, hollow gesture that would likely lead to political defeat. Democrats would just relaunch the big lie that Republicans want to take away your Social Security, prescription drugs, Medicare, and Medicaid. And I can already see the horror story ads being made now. The Republican Party would be hammered at the ballot box and have nothing to show for it. But here we are. Republicans control the White House, the House, and the Senate, but deficits and national debt are still unchecked. The GOP appears to have adopted a plan of spend more and hope for the best. But $20.5 trillion in public debt is a red light flashing on our nation's dashboard. The engine will blow. It's every supply-sider's dream that we grow our way out of the deficit. But no serious economist would go there, and we can't just borrow our way to prosperity. All right. By the way, the tax cut, hate to break it to you, it's it's borrowed money. I mean. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It's just it's a stimulus package. Mm-hmm. So um, you can't really call it a tax cut. In a sense, no, it's not a it's not a cut. It's uh, a redistribution. Uh, redistribution. So, some people are getting more cash in their pockets, but you know, to have a budget neutral thing, it, there there has to be cuts by government spending, and they're not going to cut anything. Stay with us. You're listening to the Tom Dupree Show with Mike Johnson and Christy Magard, News Radio six thirty WAP. What's happening in our country? The release of this memo. This is the KGB. This budget. It's a genuine breakthrough. It's DACA. Citizenship for 1.8 million dreamers. The stock market rebound. Nosedive. Things happen. That is what's happening here. On News Radio 630 WLAP. Hi, this is Tom Dupree Jr. If you are seriously considering retirement, you should speak with us at Dupree Financial Group. We do retirement investing better than anyone. In retirement, your investments need to produce cash flow and growth. We put dividend-paying stocks as well as growth stocks in your portfolio. That's the kind of account we manage, and we can do it for you. Call us at 859-233-0400 for a free and complimentary appointment to discuss your retirement. That's Dupree Financial Group. And be sure to listen to the Tom Dupree Show Saturdays from 8 to 9 a.m. on News Radio 630 WLAP. That's Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400. And find us on the web at DupreeFinancial.com. 630 WLAP. Well, 
Back on the Tom Dupree Show. So, Mike, what did the market do this week? <laughs> it went up. It went down. It, it was it was all I read somewhere it traded in a 20,000-point range. Uh, I didn't see that figure. Uh, I did see that uh, there was every day except for one, it moved a thousand. It had a thousand point swing, and I had fifty. Yeah, that's probably what they meant. Adding them all up, probably. And, and it had uh, fifty-three direction changes this week, so it was all over the map. Um, you know, you had uh, sell off on Monday, then it rallied back Tuesday. Then you, you know, it just it just kept moving. Yesterday was a prime example. It was down, and then it rallied back at the end. Um, so it was just, uh, a lot of volatility. And I'm sure you bought on every dip and sold on every uh, uh, <laughs> on every peak. You're, you're sure of that? Yeah, I've been watching your trading account. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I mean, this is this this is a prime example of volatility that's been absent in the market for the last year, finally coming back in. You've had all kinds of uh, uh, products that have been built around volatility staying flat. Um, and you, you, what happened to those this week? <laughs> those didn't fare too well. There's a, uh, you can measure vo- volatility, what's called the VIX, which is a volatility index. And they created ETFs, ETNs, exchange traded notes and funds that do the inverse of volatility. So what you're doing, you're making a bet that volatility is going to stay subdued. <laughs> well, obviously when Friday volatility, the VIX jumped to a level it hadn't been at since 2008. So this, uh, one of one of the, those notes I was talking about, the tickers XIV, um, the share price went from about $136 to six. Oh, that's that's what I they call you that, a right? permanent impairment of capital, right yeah. there. But these these are not um, investments in in my in my mind. These these are bets. There's no companies uh, in in these funds or notes. This is just pure uh, speculation on what volatility is going to do. Right. And when volatility reared its head. It went the other way. Have they always had them, or is this something that's a, a newer product? Uh, it's a newer product. Yeah, they're all funky kind of uh, – they're, they're basically kind of synthetic. Yeah. Okay. Before, you could do futures on the VIX, but then they created this to make it easier okay. for people. But to they've been around for 20 it. years, 50 years? No, no. Oh, okay. It, within the last couple years okay. is when they've really – because okay. it, it, it's, it's, been... it's reactionary. Right, you sure. know, People were wanting to bet that the volatility wasn't going to surge, so – Wall Street, hey, yeah, we'll we'll create that for you. You just buy it like a stock with sure. this ticker. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I remember you was or this week talking about it. Yeah, um, but I didn't know how long it so, had been around. So that thing craters down to six from 130. So what else went on? So if you look across the board, um, it, it was interesting to see. So you've you've had these crowded trades. Um, when I say crowded trades, that's the volatility. That's people that were on the sidelines moving into 
index funds. It's the fear of missing out. You've seen people after the, the tax cuts came in, you had a rally in the market. Earnings were looking good. Everything was great. So people that were on the sidelines said, okay, you know, uncle, I need to get in. Sure. Um, and when you see that, that's a lot of times a sign, you know, it's a, sort of a capitulation. You know, I can't take this pain of not getting these returns anymore. So you had all this money move into the index funds. Um, and then this week, um, or since last Friday, you've seen all sectors drop, you know, just in, in conjunction with each other, you know, the highly correlated, which is, uh, not typical of a, of a drop in the market. Usually you would see, um, you know, uh, more defensive types of companies hold up better, um, and uh, that's not what happened. You had everything sell off highly correlated with each other, which is very rare for something like that to happen. Mm-hmm. When it does happen, what does it mean? A lot of times it means, you know, well, first off, it's just it just means it's a broad sell off. Right. It's just a repricing across the board. Um, it's um, just kind of willy nilly selling uh, people just de-risking their portfolio of everything. That's right. That's equities uh, because you had about 30 billion uh, in redemptions from funds. Twenty seven of that roughly was from ETFs alone. Yeah. Um, and a lot of that went into money market and cash. So it's just a, 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 a prime example of people saying, I don't want anything other than cash. They're de-risking the portfolio. Okay, I want to read from an economic research report that was put out by a guy named uh, Brian Westbury. Uh, just this week, last year U.S. stock markets experienced – the least volatile year on record, hitting new highs seemingly every day. Then came the tax reform bill to end 2017 in a huge January with the S&P 500 rising 5.6%. Investors, especially individuals who finally became convinced that the rally would go on, piled in. It wasn't massive 1999-style euphoria, but many investors finally succumbed to the fear of missing out. And And as if on cue, Sentiment shifted, and stock markets gave up their 2018 gains. The S&P 500, as of the close on February 8th, was down 10.2% from its all-time closing high set in January. Everyone wants to find a reason for a correction to explain what happened, especially when it takes them by surprise. And these days, the prime culprit, according to the financial press, is interest rates heading higher. Some attribute this increase to rising wage pressures and inflation. Some blame ballooning budget deficits. But beneath it all is a widely held belief that stock market gains have been propped up by easy money and low interest rates, a sugar high. Our answer to this, no. The stock market has been driven higher by earnings growth. In fact, given the recent downdraft in stock prices and the simultaneous increase in earnings estimates, the S&P 500 is now trading at roughly 16.7 times 2018 earnings. That's not high by historical standards. In fact, it's lower than the 30-year average of 19.4. So he goes on in this report to talk about um, the fact that um, that 
fundamentals, that is earning fundamentals, remain pretty much intact, and they're not expensive. Now, that doesn't mean the market's going to go up just because this guy says that. Right. I mean, we're, we're I was going to say we're stupid enough to know that. <laughs> March, stupid. What's the difference? Uh, we We know enough to know that just a guy with an opinion isn't going to make the, the market go higher. But what he's saying is look at the fundamentals. Right. You know, when you're drifting around in the world, go read the Bible. Grab onto the thing that is uh, clad in stone. Mm-hmm and irrefutable instead of just trying to guess where things are going to go. Right. Yeah, exactly. He, he, he points out in here and uh, I'll get into it a little bit more, but he points out that 337 of the S and P 500 companies have reported fourth quarter earnings and almost 77% have beating, have beaten their estimates. Um, and their earnings are up 17% from a year ago. Um, we've seen that in the earnings release of a lot of the companies that we have, you know, really dug into and the fundamentals are intact. So back to your point, digging into the fundamentals, we don't know what the market's going to do. We don't know what the volatility of the market's going to do in the short run. You don't know a lot of things of what's going to happen in the market and how things are going to swing. But if you look at your uh, a company, you look at their earnings, okay, what's their revenue? What's their cash flow? What's happened with their debt? Have they been buying back shares, their dividend? That's something you can grasp onto. Quantifiable. Exactly. We'll get into a little more of this when we come back. Meanwhile, you're listening to some Steely Dan and the Tom Dupree Show. News Radio, 630 WLAP. There is no better way to make a more comfortable home for the new year than a visit to the semi-annual white sale going on now at thecompanystore.com. From our famous lacrosse down comforters and pillows to the finest quality sheets, towels, bedding basics, and home decor, you'll find everything you need to stay warm in winter and then start spring with style. Receive 20% off your entire order and get free shipping when you enter the code RADIO18 at checkout. Thecompanystore.com. We're all about comfort. You may still be able to get coverage through healthcare.gov. If you were enrolled in a plan through healthcare.gov in 2017, but your plan is no longer available, you'll have until March 1st, 2018 to enroll in a new plan for 2018. Visit healthcare.gov or call 1-855-459-6328. That number again is 1-855-459-6328. Remember, if you are enrolled in a plan through healthcare.gov in 2017, but your plan is no longer available, you will have until March 1st, 2018 to enroll in a new plan for 2018. Go to healthcare.gov for more information. It's an information jungle. So how do you cut through the clutter to reach customers who already want to find you? You could pound them over the head with hard-to-remember phone numbers or websites, or you could just pound 250. Imagine, customers dial pound 250, say your keyword, and boom. It's simple, trackable, and safe. Try it. Dial pound or hashtag 250. Say keyword more leads and see for yourself. 
President Trump saying no to releasing the Democratic rebuttal to the Republican memo alleging FBI bias in the Russia probe. ABC's David Wright has more from the White House. When it came to the Republican memo, even the president's own Justice Department was against releasing that memo. On the Democratic side, the situation is pretty much reversed. Everybody's in favor of releasing it, except for the president. Uh, the president uh, says that more redactions need to be made. So for now, we won't hear the Democrat side of the story. David Wright, ABC News, the White House. Vice President Mike Pence has left South Korea after attending and taking in the short track speed skating competition today. He sat alongside South Korea's President Moon. Earlier, Moon met with North Korean leaders and a summit could be in the making. Kim Jong-un's sister has now verbally invited South Korean President Moon Jae-in to visit North Korea. The invitation on behalf of her brother, Moon staff, says he responded by saying talks need to continue first and North Korea needs to open dialogue with the U.S. I'm Michelle Franz on ABC News. Flood threat will continue across parts of central and eastern Kentucky over the next few days. That's generally south and east of Lexington. We'll see rounds of heavy rain out there today. High temperature topping out right around 50 degrees. Into the upper 30s and low 40s, rains will slowly taper off a little bit into Sunday afternoon. May end as a light wintry mix by Sunday night. I'm WKYT Chief Meteorologist Chris Bailey in your official weather station, News Radio 630 WLAP. Broadcasting live 24 7 from the heart of Big Blue Nation, this is News Radio 630 WLAP and iHeart Radio Station. Greenberry, Greenberry. Healthy cereal for your family. Okay, kiddos, breakfast is served. Yay! Sugar cereal again, Dad. And you are? Here to switch your cereal with Grainberry cereal with Onyx Sorghum, a special grain that's better than whole grain oats or wheat alone. But does it have flavor? Tons! Plus more antioxidants than any other cereal, fruit, or vegetable. Antioxidants? Ah, you're cute. Look for Grainberry cereals with amazing Onyx Sorghum. Grainberry, Grainberry. My name is Craig Taylor, and I'm the manager of Parish Stockyard. I got hooked in with Payroll Solutions and pretty much cut our time doing payroll in half because we still do our own payroll in half. They provide the time machine with a card that the employees can carry in their wallet or wherever, and I can see who clocks in at what time and what time they actually clock out. That's really helped us out a lot. I would highly recommend it. Call 859-255-7020 for your payroll solutions. Jimmy John's Freaky Fast, Freaky Fresh. I'm calling because I saw one of your delivery persons today, and he was totally naked. Ma'am, I sincerely want to apologize for any... Buck naked right there on the street. Ma'am, we're doing all we can to... And I say it's about darn time. I know, and I'm gonna... Wait, what? The human body is a beautiful thing, don't you agree? Well, I... We've suffered the tyranny of clothing for way too long. Okay, but... So thanks, Jimmy John's, for going all natural. Actually, ma'am, it's our meats that are all natural. Say what now? Our meats are all natural. Wood-smoked ham, choice roast beef, real fresh turkey breast, all natural and freaky fresh. So I don't suppose I can expect all natural delivery in the future. Uh, no. 630 WLAP.
Back on the Tom Dupree show. All right. What we're trying to do here is to be helpful to the average investor who may feel like he's not being much help to himself right now. And um, anybody that's invested in stocks and bonds right now and has been invested through this might feel kind of dumb. You know, it's like, okay, unless I've owned Amazon and Netflix this year, I'm, I'm down, you know. Um, and um, what we want to do on this show is try to give encouragement, some sort of guidance to people free of charge to help them sift through some of their decisions and perhaps non-decisions that they've made. You know, decide to hold something, decide not to hold something, decide not to buy something, decide to buy it. And help them with that. So given that um, Brian Westbury has a pretty sanguine view of, of things and, you know, feels like everything's going to be okay. There are a lot of people out there who differ from him. Yeah. And, um, Mike, you want to cover some of that in, in terms of that and mm -hmm. how you manage a portfolio and stay the course. Right. Well, I, I will, to add what you were just saying, um, we're, we try to give, you know, uh, information on the show, um, if you come in to see us, then we can actually give you specific, you know, information on your portfolio um, because we can't do that uh, over the air. Um, with, <clears throat> you know, back to Brian Westbury, um, you know, he, he is optimistic on the market, on the economy. And I, I don't disagree with the notion that he, uh, that, that the economy's good, that earnings are doing well. He's with First Trust Portfolios and ETFs, by mm -hmm. the way. Right. Um, but we, we one thing that, uh, and this is sort of anecdotal, but, uh, you know, we don't know what's going to happen with the market in the short run. We don't pretend to. Uh, you, you, you look back, think back to 2016, January and February, everything you read in the market or uh, uh, in, in the papers, you know, the, the headlines was that the market's going down 20 percent, 30 percent. You know, it's a meltdown. Um, you're not really seeing that right now. Um, there's still optimism like uh, Brian Westbury. Uh, there's still a lot of optimism in the market. So could that mean that we're going to have more volatility, more downturn in the market? It's possible, you know, but we, we don't know that. Um, so that's why we always fall back on the fundamentals of the companies. And the key with the portfolio management is to have – flexibility built into the portfolio, be it certain types of bonds, cash, um, the certain types of uh, equities that typically will hold up better, but not always. I mean, this this week is you know, a prime example of defensive companies you know, going down in price. But if you build in flexibility and you give yourself the, the, the opportunity to take advantage of volatility like this, you know, selectively, um, I think that's how you stay the course long term. Okay. Now, 
There's a couple of concerns out there. Number one, increased inflation. Mm-hmm. Number two, leading to uh, higher interest rates. We're, we're seeing that. We're seeing the 10-year Treasury at a 285 or 287, wherever it is right now. And this has got people worried because the uh, the 10-year is ticking up in interest rates in its interest rate. And <clears throat> there's fear of how it's going to affect stocks and other fixed income securities. Mm-hmm. What types of fixed income securities will it affect the most and which kinds the, the least? The ones that be affected the most would be long duration bonds. Um, so just purely looking at interest rate sensitivity, the longer term the bond, the bigger move in interest rates will hurt the price of those bonds. Uh, like a 20 year, 30 year? Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, or, you know, even if you get, uh, you know, a, a duration in a bond fund of 10, 10. or more, then you're, that would be affected more than a short duration mm-hmm. bond. Um, now, with individual bonds, um, you're, you can have price movement, but if you stay short, on the individual bonds and you hold to maturity, then the price, assume no, no, not taking into account any kind of credit event, but when it matures, you get principal back plus the interest that you've been paid. Um, so you, if you own individual bonds, especially short term, then the fluctuation in the price sometimes can be an opportunity to add yield uh, to your portfolio. Now, when you're dealing, because a lot of people, if you have a 401k, um, or uh, uh, just a, a portfolio of funds, a lot of people get their fixed income exposure from mutual funds, mm-hmm. which we have We have two that are uh, uh, fixed income funds, but they're short duration. You have to know what type of bond you own um, because just saying bond is like saying vegetable. Right. <laughs> it's Lots very generic. Uh, some bonds, even if they're high-quality AAA government bonds, can still get their price, the price can drop substantially in a rising rate environment. So it's important to know what you have in your portfolio because you could get surprised real quick uh, in a market like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that's that's absolutely true. So that that would be an area of exposure and concern that you should know what you own. Now, I want to talk a little bit about this inflation thing because I'm not sure if it's really here right now or if they're just talking about it. Uh, here's an article. What investors really fear. This this came out of a non-economic magazine, The uh, Atlantic. And he's saying that they're worried about inflation and that it's not going to happen and that it's stayed at 2% forever. He says one data point of 2.9% wage growth is just that, one point of data. That's all. It's not proof that wages are taking off. Uh, that was a, referring to the 2.9% follow-through uh, of uh, wage data growth. You've got this article. Then you have uh, new worry for CEOs. This is from the Wall Street Journal. Rising costs from metals to meat. 
U.S. manufacturers and food companies are grappling with rising material and ingredient costs on top of pressure for higher wages. A potential double whammy that could force them to raise prices or accept lower profit margins. Mm -hmm. We see the inflation trends creeping in on many parts of our value chain. Whirlpool Chief Executive Mark Bitzer told analysts lately. The Michigan-based appliance giant projected that additional raw costs driven by rising prices of steel and resin would shave as much as $250 million profit off this year. Fears that higher wages would push central banks to raise interest rates more aggressively have fed the global market's sell-off. U.S. inflation has been largely muted since the 2007-9 recession. Now, on top of that, they're getting ready to do $500 billion in new stimulus because the government just agreed to it, and they said to hell with the spending caps. We're just going to do it. <laughs> right. But oil was down 10% this last week. Right. Yeah, how does something go, like this go affect figure. the commodities? So, so oil, the last probably month, you've seen a lot more supply come online because oil prices were going up. Right. Uh, you had, a, uh, since 2014, a record number of new production, U.S. production, coming online. Uh, so you factor that in with, you know, things that have been going on. That's why the price has been coming down. Um, to, to the article you're talking about from the, the rising costs in companies, um, some companies are better able to pass through rising costs than others. Mm. Um, you know, depending on the type of company it is, depending on their product or service, um, they have more flexibility on passing that on to the consumer. So some companies are just better uh, situated to take, or not, not take advantage, but to adjust with a rising inflation. Well, and it also depends on, especially consumer goods, how much competition there is for that product. So you're talking about when consumers are demanding higher quality ingredients or or certain uh, quality uh, services or things that are going to be provided. Mm -hmm. If you're the only one doing that service or that item. Well, that's always going to be true. Right. Whether that's in an inflationary environment or not. I think this is talking more about just run-of-the-mill stuff finding materials and we we read the article a while back about the trucking business right getting tough mm-hmm. but it's interesting that oil is going to remain uh, a sort of a low cost part of the whole transportation solution yeah it's not going to get out of whack because to pull back as much as it's done that's more than a dollar or two a barrel yeah so crude uh wti closed at 5905 uh, that's where it is right now. It was down three, three and a half percent. What did it get to? About sixty-six. 66? Uh, yeah, uh, sixty. Uh, yeah, I remember sixty-four, sixty-five. It probably got to about sixty-six. Um, but y- you look at the oil companies themselves, and they've lowered, they've they've cut expenses drastically uh, since twenty fourteen, and a lot of them, you know, have break-even prices in the fifty-dollar range, right. or they're expected that over the next year. But it has hurt their prices somewhat on mm-hmm. on some of the oil companies. So, I would say that you know you you have a kind of a potpourri of a lot of different things going on, and not any one of them is really a factor, but put all together, 
it is. I want to talk a little bit about where we see the market perhaps trading going forward when we come back from the break. You're listening to the Tom Dupree Show, News Radio 630 WLAP. Alexa, play News Radio 630 WLAP on iHeartRadio. Here's a station you, what do you think you are doing? Don't you like how I give it to you anymore? Hey Siri, uh, I was just, you know, trying to get some news. You're going to get it all right. I'm not sure about that. Get News Radio 630 WLAP wherever you want it. Hi, this is Tom Dupree Jr. If you are seriously considering retirement, you should speak with us at Dupree Financial Group. We do retirement investing better than anyone. In retirement, your investments need to produce cash flow and growth. We put dividend-paying stocks as well as growth stocks in your portfolio. That's the kind of account we manage, and we can do it for you. Call us at 859-233-0400 for a free and complimentary appointment to discuss your retirement. That's Dupree Financial Group. And be sure to listen to the Tom Dupree Show Saturdays from 8 to 9 a.m. on News Radio 630 WLAP. That's Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400. And find us on the web at dupreefinancial.com. 630 WLAP. Back on the Tom Dupree Show. Listen to a little Steely Dan here. I'm ready to go pull him up on my smartphone. Um, so going forward, you know, we like to stick with the idea of buying things that are uh, fundamentally sound. But we can't control what the market does to us. Mm-hmm. And going forward, uh, we need to be at least honest about the possibility of buying something that we think looks cheap and waking up and seeing it down 5% from what we paid for it. Right. Uh, that's that's very possible. Um, and my thought is that <laughs> with anything you're buying here, you, you go in slowly. You want to be uh, smart about it slow about it, cautious about it, mm-hmm. and uh, you may end up getting losing not as much money. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, you don't know what the market's going to do. Uh, personally, I, I, I mean, this is just my opinion, um, and that'll, you know, that and buck 25 get you a bottle of Coke somewhere maybe. Um, but um, I, I think that we're going to continue to see a lot of volatility in the market because it's been absent for a long time. Um, but when you're averaging in slowly and you're buying companies that pay dividends, if their earnings are solid and, and you're seeing better dividend coverage and it gives them the opportunity to possibly increase the dividend, because we've seen a lot of companies raise their dividends here recently. 
Um, so if our portfolio, we focus on the dividends. So if you have a drop in the market, yes, the price of the stock, the, the value of your portfolio will go down if the price drops, but you're able to continue averaging in uh, and buy more shares at a lower price, which gives you a higher yield, a higher income stream. Um, if you're in the position where you're retired and you don't have the income and you have to take a fixed amount every month, this is a prime market that can really hurt your portfolio because you're, when everything moves in lockstep, last, uh, last Friday, not yesterday, but last Friday, you even had bonds selling off. So if you're in, if your portfolio requires you to sell something to get your income, then this can back you into a corner where you are liquidating principal. Mm -hmm. Um, But with dividends, it gives you more flexibility because the, the fundamentals of the companies are strong. So their dividends are secure. Um, That's where we rely on our research to go back and see how is this doing when the market essentially argues and say, or, you know, you just have fear in the market, uh, uncertainty in the price. Goes you're just going to have that. You're going to have that. And, but I think people had gotten complacent and they've forgotten that, Hey, this can happen. What about your fixed income dividend payers? What happens to them if the rate on the 10 year starts going up? Uh, it depends on what industry they're in. Um, You've seen utilities, uh, uh, which which we we don't own any in the portfolio um, for that very reason. Um, but you have seen those sell off pretty hard because those are kind of you almost view those as a long duration bond. Um, so things that are tied yeah. specifically with interest rates, you can see the prices drop. Now even with the utilities, their dividends haven't been hurt, but you've had you know essentially you know two years worth of dividends wiped out at some point those will become attractive yeah but the what made us leery of them that was one of the first areas that investors went when yields were so low because hey it's a you know it's a guaranteed you know uh uh money maker Mm -hmm. because it's a utility well so all kinds of money went into it the prices went up and the yield uh was going down and it got to a point where it was too expensive um, but now you're seeing those prices revert, um, and at, at some point they'll become attractive again. Right. So what we want to do is provide income to people, but we also want to provide as much price stability as possible. It's very hard to do both of those things. It is. So what we're focused on is, you know, and there's this article that Philip provided with us, for us about uh, the 3% rule, the 1% rule, the 4% rule. Um, yeah. That you want to be getting your as much of your distribution from dividends. If you're taking your distribution from principal, then there's a very good chance that the principal could be down when you go to draw on it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, this article actually said, um, forget the 4% rule, rethink it down to a 3% rule. Yeah, and that's that's all assuming that you're... It's coming out of uh, liquidation. It, it, liquidation, and that, that's what... that's what it, 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 
blows my mind a lot of these things that they they post because I've seen so many that have been prepared for clients at other places that it assumes a liquidation of your portfolio over time. Um, and that's, that's what we're trying to avoid. Um, now it can work, it can work, but you're making the assumption that you're going to have a certain return over time and that, you know, what this, what those returns are going to be each year. That's even if you're right and say, okay, the market's going to average 7% over the next 20 years, you might be right, but what's it doing every year? That's the key, um, and that's that's what when when a market drops like it has been, and when it's highly correlated across all asset classes, um, that's when you get into the position of liquidating your principal, um, because you you there's no way of knowing what the sequence of those returns are going to be, and that's what the dividend uh, helps mitigate, uh, because regardless of what the share price is doing, as long as the fundamentals are intact you're getting paid a dividend. Now, I do think that, uh, like you said, you know, our kind of dual mandate, if you will, is to try to, you know, preserve uh, uh, or lower volatility as much as possible, but then also provide income. Um, I think the way that that's done is having a diversified portfolio um, and one that you have securities that, are not necessarily correlated mm-hmm. one for one with the market. Right. Well, and then you have the cash available that if you see an opportunity to buy something, you've got that that flexibility right there. Right. So I, that I wish they'd been a little more correlated at the close yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, whatever was going down, you don't want it correlated. Yeah. So it, it it's it, it's you, you, investors have to keep a big picture uh, perspective. Um, there's times when a, a portfolio that's not correlated one for one with the market, there will be times when it outperforms, there'll be times when it underperforms. But what is your goal as an investor? Does this approach help you reach that goal? That's the key. If you'd like to know more about it, call us, 2330-400, the pre-financial group. We are a registered investment advisor. We specialize in retirement investing. Thanks for listening today. Hope you have a wonderful weekend.